Well, good morning. My name is Phil Nelson, and I want to know you. So on the count of three, why don't you tell me your name? One, two, three. Nice to meet you. <laughs> wow. Wow. The message that we're going to be looking at today is about the Holy Spirit. And all I can say is you just experienced a glimpse, just a glimpse of what can happen when people worship God. And as we were worshiping this morning, I opened my Bible, which I need to do more often. But I opened my Bible and there was two sheets of paper in here. And personally, I know this has got to be a year or two ago because I really don't remember writing this. And I need to share it with you this morning. The Spirit of God wants me to share this to you. This is obviously me journaling what I was hearing God say to my heart. And it says this. My son, if you're in Christ, you're his child. You're his child. My son, keep your eyes on me. Remain steadfast, abiding in me. We've talked the last two weeks about our foundation has to be in Christ. If your life is not built on the salvation of Jesus Christ, you believing in him of who he is, receiving his salvation, and living a life that honors Jesus, then you are not building your life on the right foundation. Not my words. The Bible's words. And then it's all about our relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ, and His Holy Spirit. And last week we talked about just as the body desperately needs alignment, so do we in our relationship with Christ need to constantly be aligned. And these are the words being echoed by the Spirit of God to my heart. Fall into my arms. Phil, fall into my arms rather than let your feelings and circumstances direct your footsteps. I am the ultimate judge of your life, Phil. Trust. You know, that's one of the hardest things to do is to trust. He says, trust in my sovereignty and my faithfulness, my dear son. Rest in my goodness. And get this, I'm not this brilliant to write this, by the way. He said, rest in my track record. My track record. I have nothing in my track record written in red. It is all done. It is finished. It is completed. And it is will stand the test of time. Do not worry about having the answers, Phil. I am the answer. And I will guide you as you lean on and trust in me only. My son, if you focused your mind and your energy on me as much as you do on your inadequacies and how others are feeling and reacting to you, you would soar over the hurdles in front of you. 
if you focused your energy on me as much as you do your flaws and what others think of you, you would soar rather than tripping over the hurdles and knocking them down, which then slow your pace and stamina. Phil Nelson, every morning before you hit the track to run the race that I have called you to run, are you willing to take the time to quiet yourself, to get in alignment with me, to stretch your spiritual muscles before launching into your run, even before knowing where you're going to run this day. I am with you always to the ends of the ages. Your Father and your love, God. We needed to hear that this morning. And as I've been preparing this message coming out of foundation and alignment, which we're talking about if you're visiting us, we're talking about the building blocks of the Christian faith. It's always, always so important to go back to basics in everything in life, but more, most importantly, our spiritual walks. God is asking us to build our lives just as building blocks on the foundation of Jesus Christ, the cornerstone. If you're not building your life upon the rock, which is Jesus, I'm sorry to say, but you're like the man who builds a house on the sand. And when the winds and the storms of life come, you're just going to be swept away. And I don't know anybody that would stand in front of you and say that that's what they want of their lives. They don't. But a big missing piece in all of this to help us build on our foundation, to really understand even who Jesus is, is the role of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to look at that today. And it is so jam-packed that yesterday morning as I was trying to fit everything in, I realized this is a two-part message. And so this morning, we're going to look at the DNA structure of the Holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit do in our lives? What is his main role? And then the next point we're going to look at is our partnership. Do you know that Jesus died for you to have a relationship with him? He died for you to have a relationship with him. And so this whole relationship with the Holy Spirit is something we need to dig deep into because do you know how many Christians who call themselves Christians, and I would even say those who truly have accepted Christ and become a new creation, do you know how many of those truly understand the Holy Spirit? And at the end of their lives, how many of them can really say that they have experienced the fullness of the Spirit in their daily lives. Can you? There were years when I was walking with Christ. I had no clue the Holy Spirit was there in relationship with me and was just waiting for me to let him move. And so the title of today's message is this. The end game from the start. And as I say that, hopefully with your welcome cards, you uh, got a handout. Did you guys get a handout? Did you? Yes. 
everyone, I, I, I did you a favor because this is jam-packed with probably about 30 scriptures. <laughs> I want you to take something home with you. And I'm going to zip through some of these scriptures that you just won't be able to really process uh, this morning. And so what I want you to do is I want you to slip it in your Bible, slip it in your pocket when you leave, and I want you to look through these scriptures. I even gave you my sermon points. So you can even check out right now and go home and do the sermon yourself. How cool is that? What? I thought the pastor does it all. Not here. Because <laughs> that's not my job. My job is to make disciples and to shepherd you as a church and equip you to activate the spirit in your personal walk. Amen. So anyways, the sermon notes are for you, so follow along. Whew. Today's message, like I said, is the end game from the start. And I just, wanna, I just want to highlight that for a minute. Do you realize that before creation even came into existence, okay, before God flung the galaxies and spoke everything into existence, he had an end game in mind. And do you know what that end game was? We kind of went through it with the, in the Old Testament series. It is simply this. God has always longed and desired and designed you and me, his people, his creation, to dwell with him, to be with him, and not only to be with us, but to be in us. Do you realize that? The God of all, this cre all the creation designed you so that he could be with you and in you. And then sin came into play. And you would think that that destroyed and obliterated God's plan. And so God had to go to plan B. No, there is no plan B with God. He knew what was going to happen. And yet in the end game, he knew that he was going to have to send his one and only son as a sacrifice for our sins because a holy God cannot dwell with or in sinful people. So I'm sorry, y'all, but you have not been cast in this show. God will not come here and he will not be with you because your life is filled with sin. That doesn't sound like an end game to me of a perfect, loving God. But it is because he knew that he was going to send his son to do what we couldn't do, to die on the cross and shed his blood for us so that when he raises, arises from the dead, he defeats hell in the grave. Do you know that Jesus actually went to the depths of hell? Because that's where sin goes. Sin does not go up. Sin goes down. Jesus had to go and rob Satan of the keys of death, the grave, hell. And he took them with him when he resurrected from the grave. That's good news. And so that's the hope that we have that now a holy God that was in the flesh in a man named called Jesus who was the Son of God and was God and now he's gone. And Jesus said, 
you want me gone (laughs) because the Holy Spirit's coming. And that sets up this whole pattern of a life lived with Jesus, God himself dwelling in us through the Holy Spirit. So let's look at the DNA, the functions of the Holy Spirit, shall we? So the first function that we see in the Holy Spirit is this. The Holy Spirit draws us to God. The Holy Spirit draws us to God. And what I want you to understand here is there is nothing you can do to draw close to God. Absolutely nothing. You could try until your face turns blue and you can't. The Bible says that we were born in sin and we were hostile to God in rebellion. No one was righteous, not even one. We have to understand that we cannot get to God by drawing near to him because it's not going to happen. But now the Holy Spirit draws us to the Father. So if you have had a relationship with Jesus Christ and you were drawn to his heart and you've been changed, that is a work only by the Holy Spirit. And so we see in John 6, 44, the Gospel of John. We're going to be in John quite a bit and then Ephesians. It tells us that without the Spirit drawing us to God's heart, it is impossible to experience God. No one, no one, in the Greek, no one means no one. Isn't that awesome? You graduated from theology school. No one can come to the Father except if he's drawn by the Spirit. Unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him on the last day. That's our hope. We don't play a single part in that drawing. Now, granted, we have to respond to that drawing. We have to respond and let him in because he's not going to force himself on us. But he does the drawing. It's all about the Spirit. And so let me ask you this. Do you remember when you first were drawn to God? When you were drawn to his love and drawn to his amazing, transforming power in your life? Do you remember that moment when you knelt at the altar or you bowed your heart and said, Jesus, I am yours? Do you remember that? If you do, that's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. Well, I've never seen the Holy Spirit. I've never experienced. Yes, you have. You're only saved because the Holy Spirit has drawn you to Jesus Christ. And so the Spirit draws us. The next thing we see is the Spirit convicts us of our sin. How many know that we cannot be saved unless our sins are forgiven? But our sins cannot be forgiven unless we know we have sin. And that was one of the purposes of the law, the commandments, was to reveal our sin and our current destruction from getting away from God. So when you're convicted of sin in your life and you know you're doing what doesn't please God, that's the Holy Spirit convicting you. That's the Spirit. And when we realize we have sinned and broken the Lord's heart and we want to get right with God and we confess and we repent, that's the work of the Holy Spirit, y'all. That's the Holy Spirit. And so we see him draw us. We see the Holy Spirit convict us. We also see, now that we're convicted, we see the Holy Spirit reveal Jesus Christ. 
The Holy Spirit reveals the person of Jesus Christ to everyone. Do you know that if you're not being revealed to Jesus Christ, your eyes are blind? It says you have a veil over your eyes or scales over your eyes. And so the Holy Spirit has to reveal Jesus Christ to us. And so when we are awakened in an interest to spiritual things and the things of God, have you been there? That's the Spirit. Ephesians 1, 17 through 19. Again, these are on your notes. It says this, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of him. Here it is. Having the eyes of your heart, what? Enlightened. Would you say that with me? Having the eyes of your heart enlightened. Opening the eyes, not your physical eyes, the eyes of your heart to what Jesus Christ has done, the purposes of God's kingdom in your life. That's the Holy Spirit. And so then the next thing we see the Spirit do is this. He dwells not only with us, but in us. That's a hard concept to comprehend. But the Bible tells us that we are the temples of God where the Spirit of God dwells. And I wish I could go into that about the tabernacle holding the holy place and the presence of the Lord dwelt only in that holy place. And we are the temples of the Lord and we're only holy because of Jesus' salvation and his blood on the cross died for you. And the only reason that we can have our eyes open to that and understand that in our spirits is the Spirit of God. And so, let me give you just a brief gospel message, okay? Here's the, here's the gospel in a couple sentences. When Jesus came, he lived a life without sin. He was God. He who knew no sin became our sin so that we, we, we may become the righteousness of God. Because God's end game was to dwell with us from the beginning of time. So here it is. Christ justified us. Our sin condemned us. Christ justified us. He redeemed you, Gary. He forgave you, Leona. So he justifies us. He forgives us. And he redeems us from a life of sin so that we can be holy through Christ. That is what Christ did with the atonement on the cross. And then he sealed the deal by raising from the dead. And then he rose and ascended into the heavens, seated on the right-hand side of the Father. And now the Holy Spirit is available as the presence of God to dwell in us. You are his vessels. How many know that if... I'm getting ahead of myself. How many know if you have conduit for plumbing and it's all clogged up that you're not going to get much of a flow? We have to be open vessels as temples for the Spirit to flow. That's a freebie, by the way. (laughs) Ephesians 2.22 says this, In Him you also are being built together as the church into a dwelling place for God the Spirit. There it is. John 7, 37 through 39, Jesus stood this. This is one of my favorite passages of all times. says this, if anyone thirsts, how many of you are thirsty spiritually for righteousness? If any one of you thirst, 
Let him come to me to drink. Jesus then continues uh, later to say, you know, I'm the living water. If you thirst and drink from me, you will never thirst again. And he says this, out of his heart, the person who believes in Jesus, out of his or her heart will flow rivers of living water. That is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, which is often referred to as water. And the anointing of oil is also a symbol, a symbol of the Holy Spirit. He dwells within us. But the Holy Spirit also does something else and he makes us new. The transformation work of God is all through the Holy Spirit because of Jesus Christ. But transformation only comes from the Spirit. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. And do you know in Romans, I believe it's Romans, I didn't write it down, so um, maybe I'll post it, post it on Facebook just in case I'm wrong, which a lot of times I am. Um, it says this, that if you don't have the Spirit of Christ within you, that you don't belong to Christ. The Holy Spirit is a guarantee to us that God's presence does live within us and we are saved from our sin. If you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, you need to check your relationship with Christ and what you're building your foundation on because it's probably not of Christ. Ezekiel 11 says this about making us new. It says, I will give them an undivided heart. I will put a new spirit in them. I will, will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. So the Spirit makes us new. And finally, to complete the whole picture, the Spirit then sets us apart for His purposes and His purposes alone. And He uses these words in Ephesians 1 Verses 13 through 14, he says this. Also, you were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked with a seal. The promise, Holy Spirit. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal. Who is our deposit guaranteeing everything that God has promised to come to pass. That's it. That's it. I hope you catch this, that when the Spirit dwells within us because of Jesus Christ and moves in our lives, He is guaranteeing you and me that everything that He promised will come to pass. His promises will never come to you empty. You can stand on that and you can believe that with all your heart today. Because the Holy Spirit is our guarantee that that will come to pass. What else is he guaranteeing? He is guaranteeing that he will never leave you or forsake you. He's also guaranteeing that when this end, this world comes to an end and goes down the toilet, Jesus is going to come and redeem us and take us to himself. And there is going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And in our earthly minds, we cannot comprehend that. But he promises that through his Holy Spirit. And we can stand in faith because of that. And so, 
The DNA of the Holy Spirit is we see that he draws us. He convicts us of our sin. He reveals Christ. He dwells within us. He makes us new. And he seals us. And we all said, Amen. And so finally, with the last several minutes we have left, I want to talk about our part in all this. Because as we saw, the Holy Spirit in our salvation and in us growing more like Christ and us being justified and redeemed and forgiven, that's nothing that you do or could ever do. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. But now, how do we activate the spirit that's living within us how do we see the fruit of the spirit well we partner in the relationship with the holy spirit and that leads me to the first point that i want to make to kind of just blow up the myth that the holy spirit is just this ghost going around it's not just it's not a ghost the holy spirit is a person the holy spirit is god you have god the father You have God the Son. When Jesus was on earth in the flesh, he was in the presence. He was the presence of God to people. And when he ascended, he sent then the other person, presence of God, the Holy Spirit. He is a person, and he longs for a relationship with you. And he dwells within every believer. But how many of you know that my wife Lauren and I cannot have a thriving marriage if she is living her life on this side and I'm living my life on this side. Can you imagine if we all we slept in separate beds? I know some do for medical reasons. I get that. Some of you snore so loud. Uh, but can you imagine if Lauren and I never really talked? Can you imagine if Lauren and I never truly held hands and shared affection? Marriage is all about becoming one. And when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, we become one with the Spirit. But listen, you can't experience a fullness with Jesus Christ if you're not relating with the Holy Spirit. And some of you don't even understand until today what the Holy Spirit is and who He is and what He does. And you wonder why your Christian life is without fruit. It's because you're doing it all on your own. And Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from the Holy Spirit, Brian, you can do nothing. Dustin, you can do nothing. Aaron, you can do nothing apart from the Holy Spirit. And so we need to partner with the Holy Spirit. Zechariah 4.6 in the Old Testament says this. It's not by might. It's not by your power, so stop trying. It's by my Spirit. Apart from the Holy Spirit, you can do nothing. And so, in the life of a a believer, in this relationship, we see a few things happen. Number one, and look at your notes, it's right there. The Spirit teaches and guides us. He is our helper. John 16, 13, Jesus speaking says, when the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all the truth, for He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak. 
and he will declare to you the things that are to come. Again, Jesus said, it's better that I go, y'all, because the Spirit is going to come and live inside of you. I right now am with you, but the Spirit is going to be inside you. So the Spirit teaches and guides us. The Spirit comforts us. Who needs comfort? Man, this world is falling apart. Grief, the drug epidemic, everything going on. I tell you, we need comforted. And the Holy Spirit is the only comfort that will satisfy. 2 Corinthians 1.4 says, the Holy Spirit will comfort us in all things so that we can then offer comfort to one another. And this is the best picture that I could find in the New Testament of comfort. Acts 9.31, yep, it's right there. So the church throughout all of Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the what? Comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. Without the Spirit, there's decline. With the Spirit, there's multiplication beyond imagination. So the Spirit guides us and teaches us and comforts us. The Spirit gives gifts to each believer. If you are a follower of Christ, you have supernatural, spiritual gifts inside of you. Do you know what they are? If you don't, we're going to be doing a basics course next month, the Foundations of the Faith, and we're going to cover spiritual gifts. You need to know what your spiritual gifts are from God so you can use them. He gifts people, and that comes from the Spirit. He also fills us and empowers us. Why does he keep filling us? We're going to talk about that next week. But we are still living in the flesh, struggling with the temptation of sin. We have the Spirit inside of us, so we're holy in Christ. But we leak all over the place. We're cracked vessels. We leak. And so the Spirit needs to come and keep filling us. But the Spirit gives us power. Do you realize that? Church elevation. In order for us to grow by disciples, not just numbers, but in disciples and get the gospel out and make a difference, is the Spirit's got to give us power. It's the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, by the way. That's, in the Greek, it's called dudamos. And that's the word we get dynamite from. The power, the dynamite of God lives in you. Have you experienced it? And the Spirit empowers us for two main reasons. Number one, for transformation, to change us. And number two is to spread the gospel through word and good works, spiritual gifts, miracles, healing, God showing up. It's His power. But what does He do through that? He draws people with His Spirit to the Father. That's why he gifts us. That's why he empowers us. And so we see him teaching us and guiding us and comforting us and giving us gifts and filling us and empowering us. And so I want to end with the practicals. What does this mean for you? Maybe you have never, ever, ever experienced the Holy Spirit. I would lead you first to the foundation, which is Jesus Christ. You cannot have the Spirit without Jesus Christ. And you cannot have Jesus and not have the Spirit. So where are you? 2 Corinthians talks about the Spirit work in our life. 
It's my life verse. And it says this, Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Are you experiencing freedom today? If not, you need to align yourself with Christ and ask the Holy Spirit to take over. And we who with unveiled faces, meaning we've been drawn by the Spirit, the Spirit revealed Christ, the Spirit convicted us of our sin, has been lifted. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory. Do you reflect the Lord's glory in your life? If you do, it's the Holy Spirit working in your life. If you don't, that means the Holy Spirit's really quiet in your life and you have shut him out. Do you realize that the Holy Spirit can only do as much as you allow him and give him access in your life? So imagine the enemy wants you not to know what the Spirit is because then he keeps the Spirit quiet and when he keeps you quiet, everything is good. I'm tired of being quiet, church. I'm tired of when abortion and murder and all this stuff, I'm tired of being quiet. I'm tired of seeing the church lukewarm. I'm tired of seeing Christians praying for one second over their meal and expecting God to show up and they wonder why our God is. It's because they're not in alignment with the Spirit. And so it says it transforms us from glory to glory. You don't have to be where you want to be overnight. And I can guarantee you you're not going to be because the Spirit takes us one step at a time. And next week we're going to talk about walking and staying in step with the Spirit. But let me ask you this. Where do you need the Holy Spirit in your lives? There's this quote I'm going to end with. Is we can experience God at work with us in everything as we allow His Spirit to take over, and as we invite Him to join us in every area of our lives, we can experience the Spirit of God when we invite Him to take over. Have you invited Him to have His way in your life? Because when you get out of the way, and you get out of the pilot seat, and you allow the Spirit of the Lord, the very presence of God, to take over where He's supposed to be, things line And so I'm just going to ask you, where is he in your heart? How has he transformed you and changed you? Many of you struggle with addiction and anger. How has the Spirit ministered to your anger and changed your heart to be slow to anger, slow to speak, and quick to listen? Having lights this year, that's okay. Maybe we need to focus. <laughs> How many of you are struggling in the workplace with your attitude? The Holy Spirit can give you a new mind. And we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. How many of you in your marriage are experiencing the fullness of the Holy Spirit in your marriage. You don't do anything. But you have to come together as a couple and surrender and ask the Spirit to take over. I believe 
Elevation Community Church. Listen to me. I believe that if we start to allow the Holy Spirit to change us, we will be unstoppable. The problems and storms in your life are going to come, but they will not have control over your lives. I know so many of you couples, married couples, fight a lot. I was there. I'm not perfect. I had a frustration and an anxiety problem really bad. Almost every night I would snap at Lauren because my expectations were so unrealistic and they weren't being met. I was not allowing the Holy Spirit to have his way. Any problems in your life can be solved by letting go and allowing the Spirit of God to take over. That is the only way we're going to make it in this Christian walk. And there's a reason why the worship band isn't up here is because I want you to take five minutes of silence as we listen to this song. And I believe, I believe the Holy Spirit is going to move in a powerful way in your life. But here's the thing. And hear me. I love you. And I'm speaking this from a pure heart. But you got to get over yourself. You got to get over yourself. And you have to realize you're not all that in a bag of chips. You're not. You're messed up. You're helpless and hopeless without the Holy Spirit. And the more that you try in your own strength to change, the worse it gets. We need the Holy Spirit to take over. And I don't know what you're experiencing. I don't know what you're going through right now. But whatever mountain you're standing in front of or climbing right now is not impossible with the Holy Spirit. And maybe you haven't let the Holy Spirit guide you and maybe you're standing in front of a mountain that the Holy Spirit didn't intend for you to stand in front of or climb in the first place. We need the Spirit to take over. And so I'm going to give you an altar call right where you're at. Right where you're at. Allow the Spirit to take over. Ask the Lord to come and take His rightful place and to minister to you. Ask Him. Say, Lord, speak to me. Lord, speak to me. I want to hear from you. Father, we just ask, I ask right now in the name of Jesus that the end game that you had before the time even existed of you dwelling with your people and in your people would be experienced and felt today in every person here and hearing my voice online. Holy Spirit, come and fall afresh in new ways in our lives. Change our hearts. Change our perspective. Change our attitudes change our habits, change the way that we approach life, change our marriages. Holy Spirit, change our kids because we're tired of trying it ourselves. Change them and draw them to You, O oh God. And change this church. 
change this church, that we would be a church known for the light of the world, that something has taken place in Blanchester, and it's not anything we have done in our own strength. It is only by your Spirit, God. Now go forth and glorify yourself and empower these living temples of your presence. In Jesus' name, amen.